Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in K-Pop. This is your host Anthea Isaac and hope you're all having a very good day. It's just a start of the week and uh, hope whatever you have planned or whatever you're continuing to do this week may God be with you and sending you all positivity and blessings. And today Well, for this episode, I am super super excited. I know I get excited for every episode, but this time the guest I have is really genuinely one of my great inspirations and i am so glad to have live francis with me thank you so much for joining oh my god hello, <laughs> it's it's been a while so hello yeah, <laughs> yeah so lai is not a stranger definitely never a stranger to the world of journalism and podcasts i'm speaking honest here <laughs> and yes I I'm not I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So let me just give you a short intro if you guys missed out this great personality. Well, she is a multimedia journalist, host, producer and have been one of our favorite K-pop enthusiasts for a very long time with the experience of almost 10 years in the field of media starting from being a social media intern to now being an entertainment writer and if you are going to name any of your favorite k-pop artists i'm sure she has already interviewed them i'm fucking sure like name any and she's going to just bring out an article saying oh i have interviewed them 5 years ago <laughs> so such a huge personality is here so i'm just going to name very few very few notable jobs that you had so she has been an editor for pop crush editor and reporter for kpop star contributing writer for multiple outlets for mtv news um and she's also the host of build series one of the host who got to interview it's c and been giving up uh pretty little cupcakes i have seen all those behind scenes so i'm definitely one of those stalkers stalking at your work and from itsy twice luna infinite l tiffany and recently guys she interviewed jb and i'm an agase you know what i'm doing yes i'm smiling here and it is also a history because it became the first issue of tomorrow magazine in korea so jb and lai just made a history together which is such a precious moment and finally i will definitely stop here sorry guys but this is the final thing today i invited lai to just talk about 2 pm you know how excited i am and honestly i have never done a podcast when i'm this excited about a particular group i actually take time to you know like get settled so i talk casually but 2 pm has got me with and i can control and with their 13th anniversary 
I really wanted that person to come here. And Lai is definitely that person because according to me, I think Lai is the only journalist who got to interview 2PM in the international platform, right? MTV News. I don't think they gave interviews for any other outlets. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> no, <laughs> it is. <laughs> I have been spying on all the uh, media houses, but I think, I think it must be. Or maybe if it is one of the very few, few, few interviews they gave out. Gave out. But anyway, we have Lai here. And wow. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you. I really don't know how to follow up that introduction. That was a that was a, a very lengthy one that I don't know how to react to. But obviously, I'm thankful. It's just that I'm speechless because <laughs> I yeah I, I don't know how to react to that. But thank you for the sweet intro and for everyone who's listening to Believe in K-pop. Thank you for listening and supporting. Anthea, she is a great person uh, and a very hardworking and passionate person to what she does. So hopefully this episode brings some joy to your ears uh, and to your hearts, to people that love 2 p.m. and are about to be hottest or are hottest now. Hope I don't let you down. I'm just going to try and reminisce uh, everything that I've listened to in the past uh, 12, 13 years. Uh, And yeah, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Also, I just woke up 30 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you know, like, to be honest, the introduction is lengthy because you have so many things under your belt and it is important (laughs) to let the world know. Like, if you're going to introduce me, I don't, I promise it's not going to be this lengthy. So it's just for, (laughs) like. But we could praise you of how hardworking you are. You know, (laughs) it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't matter how much work you've done, but more so how passionate you are in what you're doing and what you want to do. So I could probably say the same for you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for joining. And now that the viewers know that what we are exactly going to talk, actually, I, as I mentioned before, I really wanted to just bring you for an episode and to talk about everything you did, because I know you have done a lot of things for the love of K-pop, as well as being that that journalist giving the news in very beautiful words that people can never uh, really think of, to be honest. And But unfortunately, today it's going to be 2 p.m., but I want you, I really want you for another episode. Right? We are literally going to talk about your journalism career. Say yes, please. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, just let me know. Okay. So to start off, I know that um, you mentioned that you watched 2PM from their debut. Like you know them and you saw them perform in a particular stage. So I just wanted to know what was your first encounter with 2PM was like? Because personally, I am a fan for five years, so I can't even relate how it feels to be a K-pop fan for all these years. And, you know, like literally say that, you know, 2PM from debut. It's huge. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So how how was your first encounter and how it all started? So let's see. Okay. So 2PM debuted in 2008 and it was like the summer. Yeah. Like around this. Yeah. Obviously tomorrow when tomorrow, August 
you know, this is August 20. So, <laughs> so they, they debuted around, they debuted on August 29. I, many people already knew about them because they were part of um, the reality show competition called um, that had a uh, 2 AM and 2 PM that would eventually debut as like two groups. Um, and that was hosted on Mnet. And um Many people were talking about them already because of the different concepts, the the, the choreography, uh, you know, everything that was showcased. So similar to what like Girl Planet Nine Nine or Produce uh, franchises, similar to that, but specifically for two p.m. and two a.m. Uh, and, and JYP's groups. So I many I was I'm a fan I'm a fan of Sonia's the Girls Generation, but many people that I met in the forums and that fandom were talking about 2 p.m. and I was like, oh, there's a new boy group coming. And you know, I'm also a fan of Wonder Girls. They're under the same label. And it was about to be this time where uh Wonder Girls was up, I think it was later in the year or early 2009 when um Wonder Girls released uh, Nobody which became obviously a viral hit of the second gen K-pop era. And in, was it April or May? Probably the first quarter of 2009, JYP held like a tour uh, in the United States. It was only like two, three stops, obviously one in LA, one in New York City, because K-pop was just very, it was big, but not as big as it is now. It wasn't accessible. So I decided to go to this JYP concert in New York City, and that's where I saw 2 p.m. for the first time. Uh, it was similar to what a JYP Nation concert is. Uh, the openers were 2 p.m. and Wonder Girls. And then obviously main show was JYP. Uh, and then that's where I finally I saw them for the first time. And I was very impressed at the choreography. And this was when 2 p.m. was obviously a seven-member group. Um, and then I, I was just blown away. And then I was already listening to them, but... I think when you see an artist live, it's a total different effect. You respect their craft, you respect their efforts and their hard work. Uh, and that's what happened to me. So um, from there, I was like watching their show Wild Bunny. Uh, they've done so many collaborations with, uh, you know, advertising, you know, Market O' Brownies, uh, water parks in Korea, you know, and that was a collaboration with Girls Generation because they were both the it groups of their own companies. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just felt so right to just stand them because it was already a package. So um, along the years, they came out with like some of the most different sounding ear popping music. Um, and it was definitely not like the cutesy pop or, you know, the the standardized uh like synth and sounds of pop music they came in like as the beast idol they they made that term themselves so it was very refreshing to see because there was that sex appeal uh from 2 p.m that you couldn't see in other artists and um i said i put it in my mtv news article that they paved the way to become that beast idol for other artists to kind of follow their league now um but yeah i think that was that was what really appealed to me was they came in strong with 10 points out of 10 uh mm -hmm. and you know i don't know how many other groups would be kicking and flying across the stage and doing backflips um but to me that that's like that's pretty cool
So, um, yeah. And from there, I was like, their music's catchy. Mm -hmm. So that that's it. Sorry, I just rambled. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, nothing is called rambling when you talk about your favorite groups. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was a really beautiful memory. And thank you so much for you know, like taking us back and showing us how little 2PM was. It was so cute. Yeah. And, yeah. So, yes. So talking about, we did, um, actually, I had another question to, uh, to start from their debut to till now. But your memory just gave a glimpse of what they have been through the years but still i'm bringing this question so we can talk a little more detail about their debut and their journey through the years so yeah. they started in 2008 and with 10 out of 10 uh as their single so how was the impact like now i see them you know, like now we call them these titles uh, but i'm sure that most of the idol groups when they start off they kind of have a different name or a different aura or was it the same for 2PM since the beginning and their stories and if people aren't aware like 2PM was a seven member boy group with Jay Park in it and Jay Park was the leader and then it turned to be a sextet so how was that journey and personally being there uh, through the journey how was it being a artist witnessing all this and was that as impactful as it is for certain groups because personally very personally i think um the departure of j park was at the very initial time so it might not have brought a huge impact on the group but how do you feel and how were the media covering this particular incident and how the sextet journey started can you give us a little detail about that yeah of course so when, when 2PM debuted, they already left an impression. And I think it's because of the reality show. Mm -hmm. um, so they already had that audience with them. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like people didn't know what their concept was. So they all, what they did is when they debuted, they already had that macho beast-like image that really attracted people because it wasn't, because it wasn't like the pretty boy, flower boy image. It was different. Uh, it, the, like I said, like the, the martial art inspired choreography, the, the heavy bass sounds that you hear in their music. Uh, those, those were not, uh, those were not really part of their time uh, mm -hmm. in terms of like the music trends. So to see this, it was definitely different. Um, obviously girls loved them. Um, boys were admiring how masculine they were are uh, and like how how much of a skill set and their abilities to do those things on stage were so it really wasn't you know it wasn't like they debuted out of nothing you know there was recognition beforehand mm -hmm. so and even go you could say the same with 2 a.m too they already proved how much of a power vocalist uh, they are so I think there was there was already an impact. Uh, and then when it came to the incident of Jay Park, like like you said, it was during the initial uh, time of their debut. Obviously, the fandom was hurt because, you know, the incident that was taking uh, place of, you know, there was some language that was not suitable, for, obviously, for a rookie group trying to uh, blow, blow up. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and, um, and you know, how the Korean culture is They're They're kind of, they want to protect their image. You know, it's kind of conservative. So well, personally for me, I was kind of shocked. Um, but you know, when you are not familiar with the culture, you have to respect what they do and what uh, labels have to do to, you know, protect their artists and, and the image and, you know, everyone behind that brand who has helped them who they are. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of was mildly disappointed because Jay was like a, a guy who did like the, the B-boy stuff. And, you know, he was like the, literally the head honcho he was like the leader of the group right so to, to see that to see your leader leave i could only imagine how much the group was going through but they persevered through it and um you know look at them now it's it just brought them to more opportunities and um i know i know it's i know it's kind of weird to say you know any kind of good or bad press is press um but that really just uh, helped their name just blow out there. Mm -hmm. And and I think it was a good thing that it happened because look at Jay now, you know, he's, 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 he's made a name for himself. He's uh, he's got a whole label to himself. He's like snatching, you know, artists left and right and signing them. He's had his own empire. So it's worth uh, well, well respecting what he's doing, but also, you know, with on the 2 PM and, you know, they, they prove that with, you know, without a leader per se, or like a, a, a permanent or a concrete leader, they've managed to shine on their own through their solo projects. And even uh, their si side projects as like promoting in Japan or, you know, acting on the side. Mm -hmm. uh, so they've really gone through a lot, but they have been rewarded for so much. So that's, that's what, uh, those are my thoughts. And I think, with 2 p.m., like there's, they've left a legacy that still lives on now. Wow. So what, what was your favorite era from 2 p.m.? My favorite uh, song or? Uh, era. Oh, my favorite. Oh, my favorite. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I, I have to say, like, there's so many. Um, I wouldn't say again and again, but I do love again and again because uh, that <laughs> me and my cousin, it reminds me of times like me and my cousins would just start trying to be 2 p.m. and dance in the living room and like pretend to do the ending part where it's like the robot. Uh, but I think my favorite song has to be All Day Thinking of You. Uh, so that's that's really my favorite track. And I'm pretty sure many other fans love that track just because of the obvious reasons that you know it's not like one of their aggressive pop tracks that you know blends in r&b it's a very sexually implicit track um and it's r&b they do really sensual choreography uh they use chairs as props i mean that's really a girl's dream uh or like anyone who's attracted to men's dream uh especially 2 p.m. Uh, so I think that genre too was more into the R&B side and I'm more of an R&B fan too. So yeah, it's great. If you How about you? What's your favorite era? Oh my, oh my God. <laughs> I don't know. Like this is the only era I got to witness because uh, yeah, to, to wrap the entire story of me and 2 p.m. I got to listen to their hands up and uh, go crazy three to four years ago 
And those two were the only catchy song that stayed in my head. And I know 2PM and I knew John Ho because of his uh, appearance in Kim Woo Bin's 20 movie in 2015. So I am a fan of Kim Woo Bin and his words. So I kind of stumbled upon this movie and I saw John Ho and he looked handsome. And <laughs> he was just the one member I knew from 2PM. And I knew that they were the seniors of God's So that was the only introduction. And I didn't get into that much. And I'm not sure if this uh, concept is relatable, but when you get into K-pop and, and the really initial stages of your fangirl time, uh, you, can, you are kind of scared to follow another group because feeling that your fandom would kind of feel mm, what to say like cheated? um cheated ah yeah that's yeah that's honestly that's not how like i feel like with international fans it, obviously everyone's like a multi-stand because yeah. once you get into one thing it's like a domino effect so don't don't feel like you're cheating on anyone it's there's more room to love everyone yeah and stand everyone so but yeah, okay. like I was, I was young at that time, and the way people accused me, like my very own classmates and college mates, I, I really felt so bad for you know, like loving too many men <laughs> in the K-pop industry. But now I don't feel bad at all. So that's one of that might be one of the reasons that I didn't get to visit 2 p.m. a lot. And this time, when they informed that they are gonna come back, I know 2 p.m. and I know Jun Ho and. Just like being a journalist and just being a mere K-pop fan, I was so excited for their comeback because it's after five years. So I was really curious and, you know, like coming under JYP, they already feel like family. So I was more excited for this comeback for the group, not and 2PM, but for the group. But when I saw the MV, things (laughs) just hit me so, I don't know, like, it, uh, there are very few songs that hit me hard in the first listen and Make It was one of the songs. I don't know why that happened. Even My House was not that effective in the first listen. I remember listening to My yeah. House in my previous years, but I was not attracted. But now My House is the top in my repeat list. I'm I'm literally binge listening to My House after five years, which is weird, but still, yeah. <laughs> so. I, I mean, that's, I mean, I could say the same thing too. Like I, to be very honest with you, I'm probably going to get hated on this, but I do like my house, but I don't think it's as catchy as the other songs, but that's my opinion though. I get the appeal to be very honest. I I'm still uh, figuring out how uh, it became one of the viral tracks of 2020 and make it made it made its comeback. And then I heard it's like, they were just promoting it or like boosting up the promotions to T this is, that was my theory. They were boosting up promotions on the YouTube algorithm to hint that there was going to be a comeback, which was kind of smart. Um, and, but I, um, I totally agree with you, uh, in terms of, you know, my house and the other eras that you've mentioned. So, I, um, I, cause obviously you fell in love with uh, Juno, which I'm, I, I'm gonna assume that he's your bias. Yeah. That silence says everything. Uh, so, uh, uh, but which is totally, which obviously proves how much of an impact they've had, you know, it doesn't, doesn't mean you, 
you didn't have to be there from the beginning, right? Uh, obviously, they could be active elsewhere, and then that's how to how you fall in love with an artist. I mean, that's how that's how that's what happens with other artists too. You discover them some way or some other way, and then you end up just being part of the fandom. So, <laughs> I mean, it's so it's so great to hear your journey too, wow. um, because it's it's uh, it just shows that obviously music had does not know an age there's no borders to it i mean that's what k-pop is that's what music is like music has no language and doesn't have an effect on people um so that's it's so great to see how how other people have have gotten into to 2 p.m so yeah yeah so yeah and i started listening to a few other albums and hands up is one of my very favorite albums oh me too i love hands up oh and the B-side, like a movie, mm, yes, so hard. Oh my god, like a movie is so good. I cry every time listening to it. I don't know why, but is that is that your favorite B-side of theirs in, in in general? I also liked On My Way and Okay or Not from their current from the album. new album. Yeah, must. Yeah, I really really love Okay or Not, and I. I, I was literally moved into tears when I heard that that was their second track they were promoting. It was like, 2PM is watching me. Like, you think alike. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> okay, sorry. I, I, it's yeah. okay. My, my favorite B-side is Only You, which was like <gasps> their, their, their ballad R&B track from their first project, which <laughs> I, I really love that song. I, that was like probably one of the first Korean raps I learned because it was just so catchy uh and that rap itself i actually i actually won two tickets to meet and greet passes to meet epic high because i just rapped that verse it was like in a parking lot but yeah i mean wow. that that song is a great song a great lyrics too yeah that's all i have to say that's my favorite piece <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think i got ahead i'm sorry <laughs> And uh, recently, I'm also into um, Come Back When You Hear This Song. Oh, yes. Me and my friend, uh, Kia, who, who might be listening to this once this is out, her and I, uh, we reference the song a lot on our video calls um, because it's just a throwback. Because that's how we met. Like, I rapped to a 2 p.m. song in a parking lot, and that's how we met. We're still friends to this day. Wow. Um, like, but she's in the dance community, so she knows my some of my cousins. But um, it's it was like during the pandemic around summer last year when Two PM's YouTube channel started hosting their concert series, like just like playing old concerts on their YouTube channel. Um, and we actually stayed up. We watched it. We we streamed some of the concerts, and we we lived like some of the the top charting songs and some of their hits that we almost forgot about. So um, I, I think that's one of the songs that brings you back in time uh, to 2 PM's like prime years. I mean, not saying that they are now, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, it brings you back to that era of K-pop where music was just booming. It was like hit after hit after hit. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So who is your bias? Is it? No, I'm not going to guess. You didn't even give me a hint. <laughs> no, I think the funny part is that whenever I hop into like video calls or like interviews, people know me as the girl group enthusiast. Like that's all my mouth 
talks about i talk about girl groups and i won't shut up about it um but 2 p.m and a couple of other boy groups are an exception um when i started liking 2 p.m to be very honestly i was attracted to the whole group because of how in sync and harmonious their humor was on variety shows like it worked perfectly that's what made them so attractive besides their music was their appearances on variety shows and how funny they were they were unfiltered so that's what i loved but i think as time went on i i think everyone's entry point to 2 p.m during their earlier years was techyon because he was one the english speaker two i mean look at those looks he's a very handsome guy right so it was either Taekyun or Nikun because they were the English speakers of their time. But I did like Nikun because he was one, I think he was the first, if not the first, or one of the first non-Korean, um, like, or Thai K-pop artists. So it was great to uh, root on someone who was, you know, there. Um, uh, and, and, you know, he's not Korean, he's still adjusting to it. And it was great to see him thrive. Um, uh, I also like, in terms of like skill set, uh, Junsu, former Junsu, now Jun K, like his vocals. I really w- was a fan wow. of his vocals too. Um, so I'd say, yeah, between those three, it was definitely, I mean, no, Chansung was great too. Yeah, I think I yeah, really don't have a bias. <laughs> yeah, as you can tell, I really don't have a bias. Um, if, if it's, it's, it's really hard to choose when they were just a, a well-packaged group, you know, they were the whole package. They were all rounders, um, throughout, but if I were to choose now, I mean, the, the must come back, like Juno looked really good. Like he, like I could tell that he's become the center of the group rather, you know, or rather than just like Taekyung or like Nikun or Uyong, like, uh, but I think I'd still like Nikun. Like he he's he seems like a sweet guy. Like I would hang out with him. Like I would befriend him. Or even like Taekyun too. I think it that's I think it's becoming I think it's because I watched Vincenzo uh right before they were coming back. So I could uh see like what he was up to. So yeah, it's a mix. I wouldn't say I have a bias right now, but if I were to choose, probably still the English speakers. And um yeah. Yeah. Young's not bad either, you know. Young has like the humor. He he carries the humor in the group. Um, so yeah, I really don't have yeah, I don't have a I don't have a bias. I don't have a bias. Everyone's funny in that group. You just confirmed to be a hundred percent hardest. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, again with John Ho, even if I have started watching 2 p.m. without knowing anybody. I, I think I would have had the same difficulty as you, but it is yes. just psychology saying that, oh, we know this guy, you know, like this guy is familiar yeah. and we know him already and the others are strangers. So that might be the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah, totally fine. But when, I'm just warning you, once you get deeper into the pit of hottest, you're just going to have a hard time. Uh, <laughs> I am. Yeah. <laughs> Like they didn't let me review other albums because I didn't even listen to them. Thanks yeah. to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, my other favorites would be definitely Taekyun and Nikun because 
um in one of my podcasts i did talk about nikun nikun has this very pleasant face it it it's so sweet and so pleasant innocent <laughs> yeah like he does all the stuff like all the 2 pm beastie stuff but still whenever you look at him i don't think like a genuinely nice guy like a, a exactly. yeah exactly what what are you doing nikun <laughs> but take on yes take on again i watched few dramas of his i watched his movie uh blue marriage oh i haven't seen it okay yeah so, was it good yeah it, like he doesn't have a very huge role to play but he he was this hot yeah. chef over there so I'm like <laughs> oh he looks nice and i have seen him somewhere and then i'm like oh 2 pm i know you <laughs> <laughs> and uh, jun junke was not exactly you know like he didn't get my eyes in the first thingy mm. but when i read about his bio when i heard that he has won numerous awards and he was asked to be you know like in different labels everybody asked him to be part of their label but he decided to choose jyp and I'm like wow this person is huge i'm not even sure if i can see his eyes and talk like he 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 literally sounds like a demigod when it comes to vocal <laughs> no <laughs> oh, wow i i really respect him so much and again i'm also a person who actually analyzes each and every idol with their yeah. personalities and their lifestyle and the hardship they have been through and that actually makes me want to hug them as a person rather than an idol and with yes. junke he took the lead and i'm sure that would have been pressurizing because he has been this huge vocal part now he has to be that huge vocal part and again manage the group so it was like you sure are a demigod i'm, <laughs> I'm sure so yeah yeah i don't know where to go now i we lost no track. it's <laughs> i know i think i think I think we could talk about Jun Kay a bit more because you said he already had that skill set. He had to be a leader, but along the way it became a blurred line because no matter what project or appearance they w- they went through, it was like they only shined it as individual and as their group. Like they they proved that they could do it. Mm-hmm. So to have Jun Kay just, you know, he may have been the oldest member or some sort and be like the hyung to like everyone else he did a really good job in putting them together like that you know like it wasn't he i feel like the way that uh 2 pm is now especially with their must comeback especially with you know the interview i've i've done he he has put some major light on like the group he brought everyone back or whoever was into the 2 pm back then like he brought them back you know when you were seeing them 13 years ago he had that humor uh that that big appeal and they acted like nothing happened and you know that's i think that's the best thing about when an artist makes a comeback um they bring up points uh where it feels like you were just catching up with them like they weren't gone for 5 years obviously they weren't because in between the the members themselves were doing other projects they made sure they were active at some point so it was like they never left so i 
and to have June K be like that shining light that brings up some humor in there, you know, rather than just Tech Young doing different ending fairy stuff, you know, for the must comeback. Uh, it's such refreshing to see because it's it, it they're still humble. They're still humble and they're still uh, they have that um, personality type where um, they're just down. They know how to adapt to the current things that are going on in the K-pop industry, how things are being run. They seem to be very open about it from what I've seen. So, and, and they don't have that very, you know, just because I'm an older artist doesn't, doesn't mean I'm uh, better than you kind of thing. They have that attitude because they're, they're down to learn and adapt to things. And I think that's what, that's what, that is what made this comeback so appealing to many new fans. Cause now everyone like even on TikTok, people are just like, "Who is this guy? Like, who's this? Who's this guy who um you, who put out a heart? Who's like showing his chest? Like, th- those are the things that is so nice to see because that shows that their appeal is still there, no matter how many times you watched them, no matter how many years have passed. You know, at the end of the day, two p.m. is two p.m., and they've already left a legacy for others to just look and admire." So, um, the, the way I see it is like 2 PM walked. So other, so that the new groups could run. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, that's, really <laughs> <cool>. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And I remember when the comeback stages were going on, uh, Taekyun made sure that he took pictures with the MCs and he's, he either posts them in his stories or in, in his wall and the you know like young MCs, they were like so yeah by it. And I remember one of the actors, he I have seen him in web dramas and he is one of the MCs in one of the comeback stages. I'm so sorry, but he kind of commented saying that it is an honor, you know, like being able to take a selfie with you. And again, you posting it in your page, it is an honor. He didn't mean all these words, but he said it is an honor for us. And that's when it hit me hard, like how much they wanted to come back at six and them enjoying every process of the comeback really spoke so huge. And speaking of the viral thing, I know like I like John Ho and there were times that I did search John Ho, hashtag John Ho, and decided to save pictures and videos. I'm not lying. But I, I used to do that. I do that for certain comebacks. And when some a member just stands out, uh, for example, I am exposing myself, but don't come at me. Uh, in Gambler, Monster X, this time, Hyungwon was so good. Like, I love, <laughs> I, I am and Minhyuk are probably my bias from Monster X. I just said yeah. it. It's out in the world. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so Hyungwon was so good. And I did um, and I, like do some search and I take in pictures and all that. That is there. But John Ho just haunted me everywhere. Even after a month after, all the reels and the pictures were only John Ho. And I'm like, is the, is the internet also helping him to haunt me forever? Or what is this? <laughs> Everyone, every little girl, like, uh, I am not sure if they are little, but you no, know, like even the fourth generation fans, they go, oh, Jun Ho. And I'm like, 
I knew him earlier, but it's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, yeah. One thing. And, <laughs> and um, another thing, um, it's, I just wanted to mention here because I, I prepared for it. So uh, I read that uh, 2 p.m. fan color is metallic gray. So, um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I also made sure to wear a gray, gray outfit. I obviously did not get the memo. <laughs> <laughs> I did not get the memo, but that's also on my fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So it's it's been crazy, and I'm. Sh- and I must tell here that you are really a pro because my next question is definitely focusing on the blow up after five years. And you already gave us a little about it. And I'm going to ask the same question. I'm so sorry. But what what do you think is um, the one thing or the, the fact that they blew up this huge? Because we did talk about Th- their colors as a group and the effort that ev- each and every member has put in and that's what also kind of attracts me to the group because every group kind of goes through this test of time and unfortunately most of the group at least loses a member or that energy as a group and it is kind of inevitable in k-pop industry as far as i have seen but this group kind of made sure to say stay strong and they are still they still have the energy the charisma and everything so as you mentioned it doesn't even feel like they have been gone for five years because they have always been here and they still give the same energy for both new fans and old fans alike personally you think would be that fact that made them blow up this huge with this comeback uh i i guess besides the the great marketing strategy that was behind their comeback like how everything leading to to that was how um you know it was already the trend of second gen or old artists making you know waves again mm-hmm. but the way they them and other artists who made their comebacks like shiny even mm-hmm. though they've been active um just adapting like just that factor, that characteristic characteristic of adapting to what K-pop is now, mm-hmm. um, is was one of the, probably the biggest factors to why they kept blowing up. When they know when their name is mentioned, they know how to approach it. They know how to um, be aware of it. So when my house was blowing up last year, uh, it was I think it was uh, Uyang Uyang and. And June K went on a like a, a an interview with Jamie, and they were like talking about it. They made they, so they did like a new acoustic cover of it. So what they did is they know how to approach and be aware of the trends to keep themselves relevant, and that's what I like. They did it with humor. They did it with class, but they weren't they weren't cocky about it. Even though that's their image, they were gentlemen about it. Because I think what was the main attraction was from the debut to now 2 p.m debuted as this beast like group that we all know but they were young men they had these images where this image where it was kind of like they're like jocks they're like fratty boys right that's what 10 out of 10 gave you that impression but as you went through you were getting the story of how it grows up 
to be a man. So there was that journey that people were watching and listening to uh, that kept fans on their toes and on the lookout of what their concepts would be. Because over time, you see it. It's from these young boys simping over a girl to eventually boys being boys partying out. You see it in hands up. You know, they do, they reference, you know, sleeping with others, you know, with, with our house and hooking up. And then now you have must, right? Where it's kind of like the gentleman version of 10 out of 10, because they're still admiring a woman from afar, but they're doing it in a very smooth and um, very like grown, grown up way. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think is the main factor was how 2PM is still attractive today is because of that journey, the storyline of their concepts throughout the years is literally having people and their fans watch them grow up. Mm-hmm. And, and during those times in between, obviously they had their, their, uh, their own solo projects, but that gave them the chance to just shine and, and grow up as artists and as people themselves. So there's that type of attraction too on the side, but over the time you that's what their concept is like but that goes for other artists too you watch them grow in front of your eyes with the different concepts that they take on but i feel like with 2 p.m they were very straightforward with the type of image that they were presenting with every k-pop every comeback that they were presented so i think that's why with must it was like it was super reminiscent of their past uh tracks for me it really gave me the 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 impression of 10 out of 10, but just more a gentleman-like way. Uh, so I think that was that. And also just the way they adapted to the environment once they were active again. So I think that was, those are the two main factors that I see. Um, and I hope they don't stop. Uh, so I, I just, I'm hoping for more. And to be very honest with you, once this is all over, I really hope they go on tour. <laughs> wow. Yeah, please do. I mean, like, um, again, telling this world, but I am a fan of many groups, but if men don't approach me like 2 p.m., like my house idea or make it, the lines, the fluttering lines, stop. No. (laughs) No. Sorry. So you're telling telling me you don't have other groups that make your heart flutter? No. (laughs) Just kidding. I, I'm just kidding. I know you said you told me you're. You told us you're. You're in Agassi earlier. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like it. It is true, subtly, but um, I don't know. I don't know what what got me into this, but I am enjoying <laughs> every minute with 2 p.m. So yeah, we just spoke about how wonderful the journey of 2 p.m. was and their success and. Till today, like their latest comeback. Ah, oh, I forgot this. You know, like when I was just about to get out of this whole, um, you know, like insanity of being a fan of 2PM, I, I decided to, okay, okay, let's move on to another group. Other groups are making a comeback. We should go. And then they just drop a Japanese comeback saying, with me again. So like, <laughs> what? <laughs> First, it's a must. So it's must. Okay. And now yeah. when you're trying to get loose, they're like with me again. So, yeah. Are you excited? I'm so excited. Did you <laughs> see the teaser pics? Oh, my God. 
So where, <laughs> where, where is the door for the car? Like, please, <laughs> let, let me access it. Okay, I'm weird, but <laughs> you know, you know, I'm excited. Wow. <laughs> it's okay. There's no problem being excited. There really isn't. I really hope that um, this podcast just stays among hottest community and never, never out to the idle world or somewhere <laughs> near this reaching this little bit to the artist's ears. I don't want that to happen, please. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, how was your experience interviewing them? Because, wow, like I can just imagine how much of an honor it would be. And it is definitely the result of your hard work and just making sure that this point is recorded because you have really worked hard and it's true gift for what you have been doing for all these years and being a very little interviewer in this media field even when i get a chance to have an interview with a group that i have been following for a few days i i really it really means a lot so being yeah. a person who knew the group for 13 years you know what they have been through you have been there waiting for them for five years and now you get a chance to sit with them uh again was this your first interview with 2 p.m or did you get to yes interview? this was my first because when they were active i was still in college i was still studying journalism wow yeah. so Wow, 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 wow. Now you know how huge this is. So how was it? <laughs> I think I think it's, for, for me, I think it was more of the process mm. on like how big it was. Because when I heard about Junho being released, being the last artist to release, I immediately tried to contact my contacts who would mm. probably lead me to their team or like, or just figure out how to contact them uh, in person. Like, in terms of just like going to the JYP entertainment website, right? Like th that process within itself, it's just looking for the right people or being led to the right people. Um, so this, this whole thing, me pitching to uh, my editors and, and reaching out to other people who could possibly help me ha uh, make this happen, it was like a two month process. Um, so I had to explain to people, like, this is a big deal. Obviously they were the ones who started this masculine kind of image in k-pop where everyone is very familiar with pretty boys i want to talk about how they've they are back and how this how this how much this means to the community in k-pop um so i went around that route and it took about like two months to get the conversations going eventually i was led to someone who was handling them um and they were like yeah i mean let's let's do it let's talk and i was like oh okay so when uh you know i i presented my angle um then you know did the deed and like got you know you know got finally got like some responses uh then talked to them then you know the i think the i think the the most the greatest feeling overall was um reading uh you know and just seeing like how they've been doing in the process outside of this interview like how they've been approaching everything right um because you know like i said it was it was like nothing happened during the past five years and when i was writing it uh i was laughing because 
when you're in the midst of doing uh, of you know making up the questions and you're doing the interviews and this goes for all of my interviews you're not really absorbing it per se because you are on the spot of things mm -hmm. you don't but when you look back at the work you start to absorb everything and uh that was the the, the funniest part was like Nothing has changed when June K said, like, we're the six sexy men of K-pop, exactly. right? Or like, and then like, or when um, he also says, like, just just be a fan of 2PM will make your lives easier. You know, those are oh those were yeah. those were the key aspects, right? Those were the key aspects of what like 2PM made them so appealing because they were just unfiltered. They just they wanted to bring that humor into, you know, that that realm. So um I was laughing to myself and then to, and then there were, there were instances, I don't know. I don't remember if it made the interview, uh, it made the final draft, uh, where, oh, wait, it, it did where, uh, Nick Kuhn was like, yo, this all started because of tech ripping his shirt during one of the heartbeat performances. So it was, it was such a great trip down memory lane to see all of those answers come to light and them telling their stories again. Um, and actually, to be very honest with you, a lot of the answers um, in the final draft, uh, a lot of the answers that they, uh, you know, they were responding to didn't actually make the cut. Um, and it's also because they were, they were, they're actually pretty lengthy. They were really uh, reminiscing. You could tell that they were reminiscing. So uh, maybe I still have, pro I still have yet to share those B cuts uh, on socials, but there were many times where they, um, there were their answers you could feel how grateful they are to be back mm -hmm. um and how that brotherhood is still stronger than ever even though um you know they're just they're just growing old like what techion said the only difference is that we're old we're still the same people we're just old uh, i think that's that's the best way to put it because they are still the same group that we liked before 13 years ago it's just that they just got old they have the same concepts they have the same humor their brotherhood is still alive even when they are not active or not uh and they still approach their hottest so mm -hmm. i think that's uh that's why like this interview was such uh like an eye a full circle moment um you know, it's, it's, I think it, that goes for any second generation artist I, I have interviewed. Mm -hmm. They've become like a very full circle moment to me where it's like, it's been this long, but you are still the same artist. Um, and it's a humbling experience too. So, so that's, that's how my experience was like with 2PM and even just with other artists like Sunmi and Tiffany. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's just a full circle moment. You know, I, 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 I'm very thankful um, to to be able to to talk to them, but um, I I really hope. But at the same time, I really hope that um, they have become uh, they continue to become active. Mm. Um, so you know, not only for them to just show off what it was like to be listening to their music during their time, but they all have such great talent to show off. So yeah. That's all I have to say. It's just full circle. <laughs> Beautiful. And the two statements that you told me, I remember cropping it and posting it in my WhatsApp. I did that. <laughs> like when, when they said like six sexy men, I just cropped it and look at what you <laughs> is saying. And then <laughs> I'm like become a artist and we will make your life exciting. And 
I remember posting a an emoji of a coffin box and a bouquet in my WhatsApp <laughs> answer. Like, wow, my, my WhatsApp WhatsApp contacts know a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but it it was really such a beautiful interview, and I should be very honest here because you know, like as you know, I am new to this entire fandom and group. and your interview really gave that insight so i also understand when you say hold some experience so you also gave that for the readers so thank you so much for the interview thank you to be very honest the intro for that interview was like two page single space long my editor was like this is way too lengthy like it's it's really well written but this is way too lengthy and i was like oh damn it i have to literally cut this down and and um it was hard it was really hard cuz i thought about like what i had to say well like i really laid out their journey and their impact but i'm i'm glad that i had i did it in some point to get the point across so what what you just said uh, it means a lot to me <laughs> because it it was really hard um cutting down a two page single space intro because that really would have been very long it was already 2000 words um to to wow. to of an intro to talk about 2 pm uh and then i even i actually hit up my dear friend emlyn who's another great kpop writer and antasia uh who's also another great kpop writer um i was like guys my intro is more then 15,000 uh 1500 words right now and it was like like that's not an intro that's a novel uh <laughs> so uh so I was like yeah I know but I'm still going to submit it and then obviously my editor is like yeah this is way too long but it's a really well written and I was like I'm sorry so I you know I I'm glad that the my point was you know the point has been made across and people really enjoyed reading it so it really means a lot cuz like I said in the beginning of this uh, of our talk um writing is not my greatest asset like i'd rather host and talk to other people and learn their stories rather than just writing it cuz one uh i think every interviewer hates doing this and that's transcribing uh so i don't like doing that uh, and also <laughs> um i get writer's block more often than people think so thank you that means a lot <laughs> yeah like I am there even writing is not my first thing I just do it and people like you inspire me to do it so oh really thanks <laughs> so thank you like transcribing might be embarrassing when you see your face but when the idols are there I I just keep seeing them I don't even see my face I I oh yeah there were some interviews though that I've done in the past where I reference it just to watch their reactions and make sure oh. I just block off my face um or like when it comes to like transcribing I just take the audio out and just oh transcribe so um the only time I'll probably do that is like when I know my I don't want to hear my voice in an interview Yeah so there that's there's that but um when it comes to in general some of my interviews especially with, like with girl groups like I I tend to watch play it back cuz one I am a girl group enthusiast I do like writing stories um uh, on them so and to see you know them getting that recognition in a very patriarchal kind of like boy group heavy kind of media industry where like obviously boy groups are covered more uh not but that's slowly changing uh it's it's always great to see um 
giving that giving these artists like recognition but in general transcribing is a pain in the ass and if i could really just hire someone to do it i'd do it thankfully there's a program for it now so <laughs> but that's a two take that was very off tangent that's a little bit about me outside of the 2 p.m mm-hmm. realm <laughs> but yeah we just love it and i'm happy that i'm not the only one who replays interviews and watches it like weirdo it's fun it makes you feel something <laughs> it's all worth it my dear child yes. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much and i just can't wait for their album to come out japanese one and it comes oh, yes. on september yes. and september is my birthday month oh what what day what day what day it's september 12 it's a little okay Nice. Still September September 2 p.m. is 2 p.m. and Anthea's birthday comes there and that's my birthday present. <laughs> that's a daily said like we're going to drop this on her birthday month. We're going to make sure she celebrates this song in Japanese and all of our newest tracks. So happy early birthday to you Anthea. <laughs> Thank you so much. And a lot of groups are coming by September and I think I don't remember any groups but there are I mean Lisa, right? <laughs> We're going to talk about like general comebacks in general. Lisa has something coming up. So that's cool. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> thank you. So, yeah, thank you so much for joining. I really thoroughly enjoyed it and it didn't even feel like I had my questions. It's just something that I have been holding in my heart for like one and a half months. I was able to tell to the world and you and also get the same reactions and i felt authentic thank you oh thank you i mean thank you for having me and it's 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 it's, a, it's an honor to be on this podcast again cuz like last time i was with um emily um and um i we were talking more on like girl groups i think yeah girl groups and like just k-pop in general but to 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 focus more on artists this time and was like like i told you in our emails was a trip down memory lane uh so it was so nice to be refreshed with all this music so i spent my week like listening to music looking at old photos and clips so this is a great opportunity to see not only how far k-pop has become but even just myself uh in terms of a writer so it was a It was a great experience to have this past week so so thank you for inviting me into this. <laughs> oh, thank you. And um your Twitter header reads one day I want to be someone um uh, I want someone to want me to interview them that's my goal and you're already doing it and uh, <laughs> and the very fact that I could interact with you also makes me happy so all the very best to whatever you're planning to do or whatever you're doing you're doing amazing and inspiring many people and you just spoke to be and being humble and i think you are one of the many being humble as well so thank you so Aww. much thank you i mean there you really shouldn't have let your ego in this industry like sure you may have a following sure you know you have like you know people that look up to your work but that doesn't mean you should 
make your ego bigger you know you have to stay humble in these opportunities because just like artists themselves like what if these opportunities are gone by tomorrow you really never know so you have to stay true to yourself and be humble and be kind and to, to those around you whether they you know they have a small impact in what they're doing no matter how how big they are you have to treat them with respect just the way you want to be treated so that's that's how i see things um and you know when when people when people want to approach you in a way and um they 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 want to become just they want to follow your path and stuff you you got to show them the ropes to some extent um and you know that it, obviously you got to show them that it takes hard work and passion and and everything but that doesn't mean you should be gatekeeping at the same time like you could show them the way um like some resources but I think that's the key thing is um, staying humble is that will take you long, uh, take you a long way. Being kind will take you a long way. Um, and patience, patience is a true virtue in this industry because it doesn't, it's not easy to grab an interview. It's not easy to, to, to get a contact or um, it's not like you blow up instantly, especially when you're a person of color like me, especially in the United States, you know, uh, opportunities like this, it's, um, it, it's, I feel like it, it comes out rarely. Right. Um, so I'm always thankful for every opportunity I get. Uh, I make sure that I uh, make sure to keep a balance where I'm not mentally harming myself when you put so much effort into things. Um, I know when to unplug uh, and you know that you have a support system at the end of the day um, and that you have yourself and to, to respect what you're doing to your work and respect that uh yourself as a person at the end of the day. So those are, those are the key things that um, I always tell people in this industry, because you, you really never know what tomorrow will bring. So just stay humble and be kind to everyone around you. <laughs> Thank you. Finally, would you like to give your social media accounts to our followers? I'm sure they are following you already, but <laughs> no, I don't. I, I don't have that. I don't have. I don't have that many followers. But I probably. Then uh, then, you. No no no. <laughs> no, I do, no. I I don't. I'm like literally a nobody on the internet. I just I just blurt random stuff on my Twitter. But you guys can uh, follow me. Uh, don't stalk me. Just kidding. Stalk me. Just kidding. <laughs> don't stalk me. Uh, you guys could follow my work um, or just my tweets, uh, my random thoughts uh, at Live Francis. Uh, and that's L-A-I-F-R-N-C-S uh, on Twitter and also on Instagram, L-A-I-F-R-N-C-S. Uh, you could slide into my DMs. We could start talking about random things, especially K-pop, especially girl groups, any kind of new releases. Or if you guys need any advice and stuff, like feel free to hit me up and I'll try to, you know, accommodate you as much as I can. And apologies on the delayed responses. <laughs> um, and that, yeah, you could, you could, you could anything that anything that's coming up. Ah, September 9th, KCON tacked high five. Feel free to be listening in. I'll be hosting with Jeff Benjamin, my dear friend. We will be doing the opening ceremony. So we'll be talking about the lineup, what's going on in K-pop uh, during uh, during these times. Um, and answer some of your dying questions about K-pop. So feel free to tune in. Uh, that's on KCON USA's Twitter spaces and also KCON officials. So both of those accounts will be hosting it and then I'll be hosting it. And then Jeff will be on to talk some stuff. So yeah, that's about me. That's, that's, that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's they, it. Are so, <laughs> they are so cool with spaces. 
And yes. Yeah. <laughs> so as for Believe, you can follow us on Instagram at Believe in K-pop. And if you're mentioning us on Instagram, you can use, use the hashtag Believe in K-pop. And for me, it is at AntiIsaac on Twitter and Instagram. So also, especially if it's 2 p.m., we are here for it so (laughs) (laughs) so make sure to follow us and do let us know how much you enjoyed this podcast do mention us we would love to continue our talks rambles rants whatever that is so thank you so much for listening thank you once again for joining and um, sending you both listeners and my special guest all the best wishes for this new week and um, back to you you too thank you for having me sending you love and power and everything great in this world right back at you thank you (laughs) so don't ever forget to spread love and be loved this is auntie isaac bye bye For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.